So if you're joining us this morning for the first time in 2017, either because you're here as a first time guest, welcome, or because you maybe haven't been here yet in 2017, talking to you, Stuart Roberts. Let me catch you up. This is the fourth and final instalment of a series that we very strategically front-loaded 2017 with, a series called I Choose, around making good decisions. And, and the reason it's so important and the reason we wanted to front-load 2017 with this series is because we recognise that you and I, where we stand in our place in history, in this moment in time, largely, not entirely, but largely is the result of decisions we've made up to this point in time. And the future that we're going to experience will largely, not entirely, but largely be dependent on the decisions we make from this moment in time. And so we're wanting to, to really drill into some of the more, more critical areas of decision-making and not just to have a better life, although I, I believe God is up for that, but to have a life that's lived with God's kingdom, God's glory, God's purposes front and centre. And, and, and for us to make decisions that are weighted towards seeing God's purposes fulfilled in and through our lives. And so the first week, wasn't the first week of 2017. In fact, we launched and we broke out 2017. The diehard committed ones, not talking to you, Stuart Roberts. We're here January 1 and I preached a message called Hello from the Other Side. You can listen to that on our podcast. Now that the Scorchers have claimed victory in the Big Bash League, after uh, Roger Federer wins tonight, you can get back to your uh, habitual podcast listening and, uh, and your life will be better for it. Must give Anna Randall a shout out. Uh, she's just backpacked with some friends uh, around snowy Japan and, uh, and she would message me. She's been a backpacker's hostel, not known for their great uh, Wi-Fi connections and message me at random times say, just found a good Wi-Fi uh, signal. And the first thing I did was listen to the podcast message from the Sunday just gone and give me a little bit of commentary of what God spoke to her. So if you think, You've got excuses, you're pathetic. Now, because Anna will just drown you in awesomeness. Um, the first week of the series, we, we talked about choosing purpose over popularity, that, that there, there will likely be intersections in your life where God will call you to do something or some things or, or make decisions that not everyone's gonna understand and not everyone's gonna agree with. And you, and you stand at a, at a fork in, 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 in the road in your life with the decision to either choose to please God, purpose, or to please people, popularity. And, and whilst they're not always mutually exclusive, if and when there is a conflict, I strongly recommend you choose purpose over popularity. The second week uh, really bothered some people, the control freaks. We talked about choosing surrender over control. And around this wise saying of Solomon, Proverbs chapter three, verses five to six, trust the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. That our job is not to sit in the driver's seat of our life. Our job's not even to sit in the passenger seat and grab the wheel sometimes when things are going wrong. Our job's not to be driving Miss Daisy in the back seat and we say, well, we're in the back seat. Yeah, but you never shut up telling God how to do His job that we're meant to surrender and submit to Him in every area of our lives and trust that He will make our paths straight. Choose surrender 
over control. Last week, we talked about choosing discipline over regret. Choosing a life throughout life, focusing on the things that matter most over the things that you just want now, that we're not meant to be like wild animals out of control, not having any ability to choose what matters most. And we're all just about what matters now. This morning, we're gonna continue the fourth uh, but final (laughs) series, uh, episode in this series. And and let me ask, this is a rhetorical question, but I also am aware it's a pretty redundant question. So let me ask, you don't have to answer it, just answer to yourself. How many of you have ever wished that you had more time for something that was important to you? Just, you get it? Okay, cool. Uh, Yeah. And you know, you don't have to have been orbiting this giant hairball for very long to have realised that, that when you start adulting, which most of you have, when you start adulting, the urgent often competes with and often crowds out the important. And if we're not careful, we'll spend our lives solely focused on the urgent and never really giving due attention to the important. For example, let's say your car breaks down and the reason your car breaks down is because you haven't been sticking to the logbook service schedule. If and when your car breaks down because you haven't been sticking to the logbook service schedule, the urgent is get it towed to the mechanic. Sure. The important is change your habits and from now on, start to stick to the logbook service schedule. If you're a business owner or a manager and you are drowning in a sea of customer complaints, one after another, after another, the urgent is give your customers some attention so that you will hopefully have some retention. But the important is, Helicopter up and look at your business model. Look at your approach. Look at your company culture. Look at your systems. Look at your training. Look at your hiring. Look at your firing. Something is wrong with your business approach. But if you're only dealing with the urgent, you never get to the important. If you've got some health issues because you haven't been moving more, uh, watching what you eat. And when I say watching, I don't mean watching it go down. Watching what you eat, um, looking after your health, getting enough sleep. If that's the case, yes, you might get to a point in your health status where you need, the urgent is, go and see the doctor and get some of those magic pills. But the important is review and, and, and reshape your approach approach to your lifestyle so that you can hopefully uh, reduce the chances of the health issues happening again. But the urgent often crowds out the important. The problem is, however, if that we only choose what's urgent, we'll rarely get to what's important. And if you, however, the good news is, if you choose what's important, you won't or you'll be less likely to have to deal with things that are urgent. So today, the decision that I am gonna to attempt to lead us towards, and at the end, if this is something you wanna to choose today, I'm gonna to invite you to stand and declare, and I'm gonna pray over you. The decision I choose, the important over urgent. Now, chances are some of you have heard these words before in some kind of personal development setting, 
maybe the, the, the famous priority matrix in time management. And those are good tools and those are very helpful tools. And actually they can be tools that God can use to help you choose important over urgent. But what I want us to understand before we drill into this this morning is this is not a time management seminar that I'm about to give. This is a God kingdom purpose orientation preaching, cause I'm gonna stand up sometimes, which is when you, you move from teaching to preaching. It's when you stand up. Actually, if they teach you at Bible college, switch Bible colleges. Um, <laughs> oh, Siri talking to me again. Siri started to talk to me when I'm preaching. Hey Siri, shut up. Thank you. She normally then says, you're welcome. Um, if you pop open your Elevate app, Siri, open my Elevate app and tap the Bible, uh, there'll be, you'll find there a, a, a story that Luke recorded of a particular, well, whilst it was a short episode in Jesus' life on earth, it was actually in, incredibly instructive. And this is what Luke recorded in, in this particular um, moment in history. As they continued their travel, this is uh, Jesus and His 12 merry men, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed Him and made Him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the Master, hanging on every word He said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. And, and some of you might think that this being pulled away by all you have to do is a, is a 21st century Western society issue and that it's only new and that it's only you and that it's only recent and that if you were to escape to somewhere remote or a nice small village outside of Jerusalem, you wouldn't have to deal with this. No, it's not an issue of scheduling. It's an issue of the human heart that, that, that no matter our context, we run the risk of, of living a lifestyle that's, that's predicated and, and characterised by being pulled away by all that we had to do. All right, a little bit of bonus content there. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. This is Martha. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Lazy. <clears throat> Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, Dear Martha, now by the way, when you read your Bible from start to finish, anywhere God says your name twice, it's not a good day. You're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Nothing, he said. One thing only is essential and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and it won't be taken from her. Now, Martha invited Jesus to her home. Think about this before we start throwing too much shade on Martha. When you invite people to your home, have you ever gone to a little bit of extra effort to clean things up, to, to, to pull certain bedroom doors closed because trying to clean that up before the guests arrive is just a futile exercise, to put out the nice candles, to... So we do that. Martha has got Jesus coming over. So let's not throw too much shade on the woman for wanting to spend a little bit of time getting the house ready. Plus, by the way, culturally in that setting, when you invited someone over for dinner, there had to be food. You didn't just come for a chat. You came for 
food. So, you know, let's throw Martha a bone here. Plus, by the way, if Martha weren't cooking, Jesus weren't eating. So, give her a little bit of a shout out. Nevertheless, despite that, Jesus called what she was focused on nothing. Or at least you're saying getting worried over nothing. And there's two cautionary tales from this story that Luke recorded. The first cautionary tale was that Martha was a dobber. And that's not cool, all right? Uh, people listening to this podcast in America, a dobber, you might call them a tattletale. <laughs> dobber is a much better word. Anyway, secondly, <laughs> the second cautionary tale is that is that Jesus was warning her. There's more than two cautionary tales, but in the context of today, Jesus was warning her, don't live your life always frenetic, always frazzled. There is a better way to live. And, and, and some of that is characterised by just slowing down and not doing so much, not getting so strung out. And so 2017, January 29, is a great time for you to be recalibrating, for me to be recalibrating. What, what are the most important things that we need to be focusing on in 2017 and beyond? What's the most important thing? If I asked the question at the beginning, have you ever you know, found yourself wishing you had more time for something that's important? What is that thing? And how is 2017 gonna shape up differently to allow you to give that thing that you said was important more attention this year? Is, is your issue that you're spending so much time doing things for your kids that you've been distracted from spending time with your kids? Maybe that's true for some of you. Is it that you've been distracted from pursuing good health? You haven't given yourself enough time to, to, to purchase uh, healthy meals and, and you find that the junk food is so convenient, but I say, yeah, but, but poor health is so inconvenient. And so your choices have downstream implications in your life. You want health, but you haven't been choosing that. Maybe there's an internal area that you need breakthrough. Maybe there's an addiction that you've been struggling with for, for months, for years, maybe even for decades. And, and this could be the year that you break through that addiction, but you need to give it more time. You need to give it more attention. You maybe need to get some counselling. You, may, you, you maybe need to do some, some things differently. This year, maybe it's a secret sin that, that just keeps recurring. Maybe it's an emotional issue that you haven't been able to go to the next level in. And, and that's important to you, but it's not gonna change if you don't change the attention and time you give it. And so I'm gonna drop some major keys this morning about how we can better choose the important over the urgent. Here's the first key, create artificial deadlines. By the way, I have my name written under this cup because people said, and I do this, right? I've had people say to me, you know you got your name written under that cup? And I'm like, yeah, I wrote it. It's my cup. You know the things people give me feedback about, Rod Newton, I tell you, I wish you'd just shut up. Create artificial deadlines. Now, this may seem like a, a new concept, but actually it isn't, not for you, not for me. You know how this works. Let's say, for example, for whatever reason, you're starting a family vacay on Thursday. You normally work Monday to Friday. You plan to go and you, you start your family vacay Thursday, maybe because that's when the school holidays begins or whatever, or the Airbnb is available only from Thursday onwards. 
Here's what happens. You will magically, when it gets to quitting time Wednesday, you will have magically churned through five days worth of work in three. It's witchery, but you'll do it because you've created an artificial deadline. And having created an artificial deadline, it's forced you to eliminate distractions, to spend less time around the photocopier, to say no to the person that wants to you know, engage in, in gossip on the way to the, 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 the men's room, whatever it happens to be. You have forced yourself because you created an artificial deadline to work better, to choose the important over the urgent. And I can't recommend this practice highly enough. For me, this plays out in many areas of my life. One example is technically, I only need to have my message finished, ready to preach at about 10.27 on a Sunday, about when I'm walking up. But we create an artificial deadline that I have my message finished, locked and loaded by 5 p.m. Thursday. And then what that allows is a few things. Number one, it allows me to have what uh, uh, normal people call a weekend, in my case, Friday, Saturday. Secondly, uh, it has a downstream benefit because we have other things that the other team members pull together to get things ready on the day. And, and what it does, it's, 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 it's amazing, is creating artificial deadlines reduces panic, reduces stress reduces people running around like a headless chicken. I know the only headless chickens you've ever seen are at Chicken Treat, but uh, anyway, yeah. What does that even mean, headless chicken? They're just normally frozen. Um, <laughs> create artificial deadlines. Second key. Be ruthlessly selective in your yeses, which is not a word. Um, <laughs> this week, I got a, Louie and I got a couple of letters from a couple of our Compassion Kids that we sponsor. And, and by the way, my big shout out to you guys for, for the incredible latest chapter of stepping up in your generosity sponsoring kids. Do, do six kids, does sponsoring six kids sound like a lot to you? Seven. Seven, a lot to, here's the thing, compassion are blown away and, and, and we're becoming known as the church that punches above our weight. Yeah, we're, we're, like, a, we're, like, the, we're like the George Foreman grill of the, of the, of the small but growing church world. And, and yeah, love that, good work guys. So anyway, Louie and I, we got a couple of kids that we sponsor and we got letters from them. And, uh, and, um, and uh, reading one of them this week, uh, John Vincent is his name, and he says, uh, hello, uh, Mark and Louisa, how are you? I'm fine. I'm like, oh, it's so soothing. I just read that, I'm like, oh, hmm, he's fine. What he didn't do is what some of you do. He didn't write, hey, Mark, Louisa, how's it going? You busy? This is fine, you fine? Yeah, fine. We have this kind of weird habit. Some of you have heard me rail against it before. It's weird. Where we ask people, how you going? You busy? Say so you're busy? Oh, you're busy. Oh, so busy. Oh, you busy? Oh, you're busy. 
Do you know it's a stupid question? Because here's the thing. Every single one of us, for every single of the seven days that have preceded today, this week, we've all managed to fill up 24 hours. Every one of us. So it's actually incorrect to ever think that you're more busy than anyone else. Because technically, we're all busy because we're all filling up 24 hours a day. You never ask someone, hey, how's it going? You're busy? Nah, I only used 17 of my hours yesterday. Sold the other seven on eBay to some jerk who couldn't finish everything. (laughs) Right? We're all busy. Now, the question isn't, are you busy? The question is, are you effective? Because some of what people choose to fill their 24 hours, because we all fill the 24 hours, fill the 24 hours with are not filled with purpose. Busyness doesn't always equal purpose. And so we have to cultivate the practice of saying no to the good many times so that we can say yes to the best. Some of you know this, some of you don't know this, and uh, I'm about to bring you into the loop. Personally, I barely made it through 2016. We're here in January 2017, never felt better. I'm like Benjamin Button, I just keep getting younger every year. But last year, last year, 2016, the second half of last year, I barely made it through. Now my personal confidants, they know this, because I shared that through that time with them. I shared it with our Elevate group. Uh, I, I, I literally barely made it through. There, there were some mornings uh, where I would get up and the prospect of facing the day brought me to tears before I'd even face the day, just the prospect of facing the day. I was so, uh, I, the best metaphor I would, I would give at the time was, was, um, <clears throat> was, was the, 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 the cell phone battery alert where it, where it goes from green and the minute it gets down to 20%, it starts red. And then, and then it goes in the battery counter and then, well, mine was, and then when it gets to zero, it'll, it'll auto shut off. I, 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 was, I was a hair's breadth from shutting off and uh, it was horrible. It was dark. Uh, I, I would, I would uh, anyway, I, this isn't a counselling session, but it was horrible. It was, it was personally horrible. Um, it, it wasn't the best for the people that I lead, although they were very gracious towards me. And, 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 and one example of that, by the way, and there was many examples of people, because uh, there's a biblical pattern in leadership where, where you know, God does appoint a point leader, okay? But, 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 it, but it's certainly not their job to do things on their own or to do, and, and we don't run that way either. I don't do everything and, and so on. But it was a particularly... Uh, uh, long or felt like a long year and, and I felt like I was doing a lot more heavy lifting than I normally do. And we've got great team members and leaders around me and, and they know that their job's to, to help kind of keep my arms up when I'm uh, running out of juice. Um, but, you know, they're also people that are, that are making their own contributions as well. And so around October, and, and <laughs> I, I still had three months of the year to go and, and it wasn't looking like I was gonna make it. Uh, over the finish line, December 31, um, and uh, selling lotto tickets uh, at the local news agency sounded like a great career choice to me at that point in time. Anyway, and it's no one's fault. This, this isn't me, no one's fault. Just this, just this confluence of things. And Tanya Watson, 
who many of you know, um, she's up celebrating True North, Dean Greutzinger's church's launch of their new uh, Meroa campus today, which is lights out, by the way. She said to me, do you need me to do more preaching so you can, you can have a break? And, uh, and I said to her, preaching here is one of the main things God's called me to do. And so if I was to give that up to continue to focus on this stuff that is less of what God's called me to do, I'm, I'm going to be giving my attention to the urgent and forfeiting the importance. So it's not a, that, no, I appreciate the offer. That's not a solution. That, that's a Band-Aid uh, solution. Now, by the way, though, I did take her up on the offer temporarily and Tanya stepped up and did some more preaching. Louis stepped up and did some more preaching. I got some of my buddies in and, uh, and I had uh, about a six week kind of sliced and diced break over a, about a three month period. And, um, and, and, and my batteries just started to glow green, 21%. Ooh. It was good. And then they'd go back to red and then they'd 35% and then they'd go back to eight. And it was just, it was still bizarre and it was horrible. And I don't wish it upon anybody. But, um, but, but while I was taking these little timeouts to catch my breath and to recharge, uh, it, it forced me to review. Oh, I chose to, but, I, but like <laughs> when you're having dark, more dark days than not, it forced me to do this, to take the 30,000 foot helicopter ride and look across the landscape of what I do that's not sustainable, because you don't wake up one day feeling like you may not be able to continue in your role because of what you did yesterday. It's almost always the accumulation of things that have developed as a pattern. And so I did what, what, what's often referred to as editing my life. And it may be, that some of you here in January 2017, before this train leaves the station, it gets too far down the line, need to edit your life. That there may be some things that you are doing that are good, but they're not the best. But not only the good v the best, but the cumulative load of what you're committing to and saying yes to is unsustainable. And so I'm telling you that as someone that, that practices what I preach, uh, but only just in time. <laughs> and I want hopefully my story to intersect some of yours if that's gonna be helpful to you. So having edited my life, let me give you an example of something that I said yes to that my personality would want me to say no to. Because here's, here's the thing you may not have picked up. You will after I tell you, because you'll be like, oh. Um, I was having a chat out near the food truck last Sunday with Super Steve and Jimmy G. And I was talking guy stuff, obviously. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, but, but I, I just said this as a conversation and, and I brought up the fact that let me, let me tell you this. Uh, car companies have now woven in a new um, focal point in their advertising campaigns on television. You'll see this from now on if you haven't noticed it already. Jeep 
have been doing it for years, but now you'll, you'll get the less macho brands doing it as well. They're, they're, they're now uh, using taglines such as, uh, you've, heard, you've been told to drive less, we say drive more, right? They're shifting the focus of their advertising away from don't, don't drive that brand, drive this brand. They're actually pulling back one step further and trying to convince us to drive, just drive something and drive it more. And you know why? It's not just because of Uber and it's certainly not because of our glamorous public transport system. It's because, it's because they realise that from a societal standpoint, that car companies' biggest threat isn't coming from the car company down the road, it's coming from Netflix. It's true. It's coming from the fact that it is increasingly attractive for you to never leave home. We have telecommuting, so you don't have you can work from home and be often more productive. I do that, and so I, I don't. I don't have a car. They're trying to tell me just flip and buy one, Mark. Nissan, just buy a Subaru. We don't care. Nah, mate. When you've had Vespa Black, you'll never go back. But I'm an introvert. I don't, I don't often feel very people-y. In fact, I love people, but I don't always enjoy spending time with them. And I'm not always recharged by people. Sometimes really the opposite. And there's some of you who are introverts know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a surprise you even turn up any Sundays, let alone most. And, uh, and here's the thing. One of the things that Louis and I chose to do was lead an Elevate group. Now our Elevate groups are uh, smaller groups of people not groups of small people, small groups of people who uh, gather in homes or coffee shops or other spaces every two weeks. And, uh, and unlike this live experience on a Sunday where we're, where we're lined up in rows, Elevate Groups, the model is we line up in circles and we, and we do life together and we talk about life and Jesus and pray for one another, encourage one another. And uh, it, Lou and I, Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m., normally... I will be Netflixing, not chilling. And uh, <clears throat> I don't even know what that means. Do not Urban Dictionary that. And, um, and uh, we, we have opened our home to lead an Elevate group uh, from 6.30 p.m. And we serve a meal and they come on in and we share a drink and we share a meal and we, and we do life together. It's meant to finish at 8.30. I'm done by 8.30. Like, I'm, if we served soup by 8.30, I would have slumped and, and probably drowned uh, by 8.30. The extroverts in our group at 8.30 are like, man, this thing's just warming up. <laughs> I draw a hard line at 10 p.m. I walk them physically to the end of my driveway. I push them towards their vehicles. I've occasionally had one of them turn around and start following me back down the driveway and I've had to karate kick them in the... <laughs> Scott Downey. And um, <laughs> Tommy called it. You called it, man. Jeez, he's like Velcro, that kid. 10 p.m., man. I, I don't go to bed 
when the clock's got double digits at the front of it, okay? I'm way earlier than that. Thursday morning, it's like someone has rolling over me with a steamroller. And I'm like, I'm not good till about 4 p.m. Thursday afternoon, recovering from our Elevate group. But here's the thing. I chose purpose over keeping the doors shut. I chose to say yes to what's most, what's most important to me on that Wednesday evening is to have these guys and girls in our home and do life together and invest in them, whether I feel it or not. And I had to make the decision to edit out other things in my life to make sure that the yes to leading an Elevate group remains front and center in my commitment. Be selective in your yeses. And by the way, like they're all mostly in their 20s. I say 10 p.m., I walk them to the car. Then a Facebook Messenger group chat starts. Poo, poo, poo. Great hangs tonight, guys. Poo, poo, poo. And I have yet to figure out how to turn off the pinging sound on Facebook Messenger on my gadgets. I know. And I'm like, so I've got another hour and a half of bing, 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 bing. Great hands, can't wait for the next one. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> Turn you off. Third major key, I'm gonna finish with this. Do, what, do first what matters most. Because if you don't, you'll end up living your life on leftovers. For me, give me a couple examples. Training, exercise. I train first thing in the morning. I train first thing in the morning because my chronotype lends itself to having more energy. I actually wake up awake and alert and I'm into it and then I get it done. Here's the thing though. Some of you, morning exercise doesn't work because of family schedules, uh, because of your chronotype, you're not a morning person. That's legit. And, and by the way, you need to actually just like, like no, because here's the thing. The goal isn't when you should exercise. The goal is just do it but figure out when you can and, and, and make that what you schedule first. The CEO of Reebok, arguably a reasonably large company, therefore arguably a reasonably large responsibility being the CEO of that, he schedules a one hour workout, 12 to one every day. Schedules and then plans his day around that. Craig Groeschel, who leads Life Church in the States, the largest church in the US, whose church uh, is the inspiration behind this series, um, he starts work early, 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 sparrows early, and he finishes at 3.45 p.m., goes to the gym and then makes sure he's home at 5.30 to have dinner with his family. He does it the last thing, or you know, essentially the last, does it the last thing, but schedules it before he schedules other things. It's not when, you do it, it's if you schedule it. And that's exercise as an example, but it's true in other areas of life. It's true in finances. Here's a little uh, tip. We'll, we'll teach this one during the year. Yes. Um, Lastly, Louis and my uh, financial management approach. I've never told you guys this. You wanna hear it? Because uh, yeah, you always all wanna be richy rich like us and Drive a, drive a Vespa. Um, <laughs> woo! Our financial management approach is this. Give, invest, live off the rest. Should I drop that again? Give, invest, live off the rest. Visually, what that looks like is when my 
and Louis' paycheck comes in, which is not a check, just in case you want to use. When our pay hits our bank account, the first person in line is God. And we go, here you go, mate, have 10%. <laughs> it's the next person in line is us. <laughs> and we go, next 10%. Yeah. And then we go, all right, come on, iinet, woolies. That's not how a lot of people handle their finances. iinet's first in the list. Woolies is first in the list. And you wonder why you're not getting ahead. Do first what matters most. So let me finish with a question and then I'm gonna give an opportunity for you to stand and make this decision. Uh, by the way, uh, I won't say who it was, but it had a cool thing happen this week. Uh, Thursday morning, I think it was, one of our people. Oh, sorry, hey, Mark, couldn't make it last uh, Sunday morning, but just come back from my morning run, uh, listen to the podcast, and I'm letting you know that, that I'm here in my kitchen, sweaty, uh, and I'm choosing, I'm standing here, choosing discipline over regret. And I'm like, oh, I emojied his phone up the wazoo, man. <laughs> Before I give you the opportunity to stand and make this decision, let me ask a question. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, then I gotta tell you, do first what matters most. As you start this year in January, the most important decision you can make, the most important choice you can make is to choose to follow Jesus. And if you've never made that decision and said yes to following Him, before we do anything else this morning, I want you to give you that opportunity. And all I want you to do in a moment is just lift your hand. Those of you that need to make that choice, that decision, lift your hand and say, yep, God, Today, my first decision is to follow you. And when I see your hand, you can put it down. So let me just quickly look around our auditorium. For those of you that need to make that decision this morning, that choice, Jesus, I choose to follow you. Just put your hand up. I see your hand, you can put it down. Good on you. Awesome. Who else? Who else? Real quickly. Very cool. Well, we're gonna pray for the person that put their hand up. We're gonna pray with you, actually. I want you to say these words. I'm gonna lead you in this prayer, but I want everyone to join in. We're praying with this person. And when you, when you pray this prayer, understand, this is someone crossing from death to life. Not just someone who wants to have, you know, a 2% better life. So let's pray like we understand that, yeah? Dear Jesus, today I decide to follow you to not just believe in You, to put my faith in You, to surrender to You. And from this day forward, I choose to follow You in every area of my life. I thank You that because of what You've done for me in my place, that today I cross from death to life. I say hello from the other side. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Some of you never, some of you never, ever, ever, when you couldn't get that Adele song out of your head, thought you'd be praying the title for someone's salvation. But that's what we do here at Elevate. You don't get boring here. Elon Musk is about to start a new business, the Boring Company. It's a tunnel building business, but we're not the boring church. Anyway, that's for free. It's a true story, by the way.
Are you ready to decide to choose, to choose, to choose? <laughs> Crikey. My mouth was done seven minutes ago. To choose the important over the urgent because you wanna live a life of purpose and see God's glory in and through your life. Stand up, let's pray. I'm gonna pray for you. You don't have to repeat this. But open your hearts up because there's something supernatural that happens when you stand before God and make a declaration. There's something supernatural because all of these decisions, purpose over popularity, surrender over control, discipline over regret, important over urgent, they are not meant to be lived out in our own strength. This is not a personal development seminar. This is about God by your Holy Spirit working in me. I'm gonna have a sort of year that I've never had before because I'm gonna tap into your Holy Spirit, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, from the grave working in me. And even though this might be hard, I'm gonna go with it because it's not about me, it's about us. It's about me submitting myself to you. This might be new, sure, great. I may have felt stuck, yeah, great. God's Holy Spirit in us, in us is often the thing we need to realise more than anything, is in us to empower us to live the life that God's called us to live, not in our own strength. And as awesome as you are, you will not live out God's plans and purposes if you rely purely on your own strength. So submit yourself to Him, but, but open yourself up to Him. Maybe in this prayer that I'm about to pray, maybe you're going to have a greater revelation of God's Holy Spirit living and, and working in and through you than ever before, because you've stood. Jesus, we stand this morning making a declaration that we are people who, are, who, are, who recognise we're on this planet to bring you glory. We're on this planet to live out your plans and your purposes. And that one of the ways that we will do that in our lives is by choosing what's important over what's urgent, that we won't just live like the ball in the pinball machine, bouncing around from left to right to up to down with absolutely no sense of navigation. But God, we, we follow your leading, your Holy Spirit empowering us, giving us clarity, giving us direction, giving us this increased sense of things we should say yes to and things we should say no to, that we're not gonna settle for mediocrity, not in our finances, not in our marriages, not in our health, not in, not, not, not in our relationships, not in how we serve You. We're not gonna settle for mediocrity, God. We're gonna prioritise the important over the urgent. We're gonna edit our lives. We're gonna see some things done differently this year than last year. We're gonna trim some stuff, trim the fat, trim some of the useless baggage, trim off some of the things that is, that is weighing us down and not propelling us forward and instead grabbing a hold of those things that are gonna see us propel forward, dragged forward, brought forward, led forward. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen.